Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for all that you're doing for us. Abide with us as we study your words and put in our hearts a burning desire to do all of your commandments today. Thank you for hearing our prayers. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are welcome to the Gospel Space and I'm your host, Uluwa Femi. Again, I say you are welcome to today's episode on the podcast, God is Good. And I am glad that we have the privilege to look into God's word together. I'm glad that we even have the book, that is the Bible, the Holy Bible, preserved for us even until this day, that we are not left in darkness. Darkness. I can imagine a world where there is no Bible. Do you know we would not have the truth of our origin look at it look let's let's consider all of the crazy theories of creation that we have the big bang the and all of this madness everywhere it doesn't make any sense only the bible makes sense even the quran their own narration of of creation is is crazy i must say but i thank god for the truth and most especially i thank god for how the the, the the Bible, how God has preserved his word to clarify every doubt. Every doubt as to creation. God is good. Every message the Bible teaches, he has put them in nature. So that this message will be reemphasized over and over and over again. We have a merciful father. We have a father that is understanding. And we have a father that sees the end from the beginning. God saw that men would start to have doubt. Yes, and he made provisions for that. He gave answers for that. He gave overwhelming answers to that. And God is good. I praise his holy name. We have been studying the books of the Bible and God has been revealing to us so much. So, so much. Of recent in our study of Leviticus, we have seen that God is not only concerned about our character, which is a ticket to abiding with him in his holy temple, Studying Psalm 15, it shows the kind of character, the atmosphere, sorry, the atmosphere that will be pervading heaven. And it has to do with our character, upright, righteous, meek, humble, uh, love, kindness. And he is also concerned with our bodies. Do not forget that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. That is what he said in the Bible. And... As we've been studying, we've been saying priest, priest, priest. Yes, God has given us an understanding of who a priest is. You are a priest of your home. I am a priest of my home. We have, we share the same responsibilities of a priest, most especially the males. Making atonement, understanding diseases. God is not only concerned with the spiritual, as many people would just overemphasize. He's concerned even about the physical. Is concerned about the physical. Is concerned about our health. No wonder John says in the book of John, the third John, um, third John chapter one verse two. He says, "Beloved, I wish no, they wish. I pray that you may prosper in all things, spiritual, mental, emotional, in all things, and be in health." And we have seen beyond every doubt that yes, 
this is God's own concern too. He wants us to be well physically, emotionally, and spiritually. He wants that balance. Truly, we have a good we have a friend who has given all instruction pertaining to life here on earth and even in heaven. God is good. God is very good. Today we'll be studying the book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 16. And this chapter talks about atonement. Atonement. I was listening to um to a brother one time and he, he, he drew to my mind that atonement is the combination of three words at one and meant. I thought, well, that that's interesting. Because I on my own I didn't think of that. I was like, that's that's interesting. So the day of atonement, when man will be one with God. That point, that day in which man will be one with God. And we'll dive into our study for today straight away. Now it says, this is God speaking to Moses. It says, now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of his two sons, of, after the death of the two sons of Aaron. When they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. God is a God of justice. As in, let's ask ourselves simple questions. Why did they die? One simple answer. Disobedience. God is a God that does not change. And we have been seeing this over and over again. We started to see death. When our first parents sinned, when they disobeyed, and even more clearly, we started to see death at every point of disobedience. Consider the men that died when they refused to enter the ark that Noah built as it was commanded by God. And we are seeing again, over and over and over again, disobedience equals death. The soul that sins will surely die, meaning... If there are commands God has given, <laughs> if I go too, too ahead of myself, the command that got them killed, was it the Ten Commandments written on these stones? Yes. The first says, you shall have no other God before me. But in their choice of choosing to do what they thought in their own heart was right, they died. Because at that point, they were gods. They chose to obey themselves. They chose to follow their own desires. Like God said, do this, do not do this. Then in their own heart, because they were drunk and they were careless, they did the otherwise, they did the other thing, and they died. Now, these were priests. These were persons who should serve as a holy example to the congregation of Israel, which are his stiff-necked people, and to show them that he is a God of justice, he took them out, showing to us that because I hold a responsible place or because you hold a responsible place does not mean you are beyond the justice or does not mean you and I would be shown some higher level of mercy. No. The one that sins will die. Again, we are seeing obedience. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come 
um, to come at just any time into the holy place. Signifying maybe they went to the holy place just at any time. He's not telling you, do not do as they did. Do not come into that place at any time before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, lest ye shall die. It goes on. For, <clears throat> for I will appear in the clouds above the mercy seat. Hmm. Thus, Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burnt offering. He shall put the holy linen tunic and a linen trouser on his body. He shall be guarded with a linen sash and with the linen to burn, he shall be attired. These are holy garments. Do you remember? Therefore, he shall wash his body in water and put them on. And he shall take from the congregation of the children of Israel two, two kids of the goats as a sin offering and one ram as a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering, which is for himself. And he shall make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall take the two goats and present them before the Lord, the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Then Aaron shall cast lots for the goats. One lot for the, go for, for the Lord and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat on which the Lord's lot fell and offer it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the law, the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make at one man upon it and to let it go as the scapegoat into the wilderness. Now, what is atonement? That is reconciling. And we, as in, in these verses that we have gone through now, we see that the process of atonement is the process of confessing sins and laying hands on the goat. That is transferring the sins to the victim. That is the goat. So the entire process or the entire picture of making atonement is confessing and letting go of sin. It's, 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 it goes, it's not just saying oh lord I, I i i did this bad thing but confessing and letting go after repenting of a sin then i do not do it anymore this is the process of making that atonement between god and man this is the process of reconciling god and man and one a thing that we must take note of is the first person to be made, the, the first individual or the first person that the atonement was to take place for was the priest himself. In this case, the high priest. He was to first make atonement for himself, lest he dies. He must first confess his sins by laying his hands on the goats and confessing. And saying in his heart that he wouldn't do it anymore. Before he could then plead the sins of his family, 
then the sins of the congregation of Israel. This is an important process. This is a vital process that we must keep in mind. Before we start to make atonement, before we start to minister prayers on behalf of another person, we must first confess and forsake our own sins so that our request will be acceptable in the sight of God. In Psalms, it is said that the Lord will not hear the prayers of a sinner. So before approaching that throne of mercy, that throne of grace, we must first confess. We must first have a contrite heart. And there is nothing new under the sun. This was a process that was also to be taken by Aaron the high priest and every other priest that lived in that time. Atonement. First for self, then the family, then the congregation. So let's go on. It says, um, this is verse 11. And Aaron shall bring the bull of the sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house, and shall kill the bull as the sin offering, which is for himself. Then he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord with his hands full of sweet incense, beaten fire, beaten fine, sorry, and bring it inside the veil. And he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord, that the clouds of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony, lest he die. He shall take up some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his fingers on the mercy seat on the east side instructions. And before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Again, again, again and again, excuse me. I believe you must see how God is, is being specific. And you know, what is really amazing to me is god spoke these things himself i mean if he did speak them then it shows how important they are it shows how important he wants his service to be perfect the same way he gave them the pattern of the earthly sanctuary that was alike to that which is in heaven he wanted everything to be perfect. The same way he wants you to be perfect. The same way he wants me to be perfect. Absolute obedience. No divided obedience. And I thank God because in his requirements, he has given us everything. Again, I would say, he left no room for presumption. There is no room, there is no window where you and I can say, oh, well, it's not there in the Bible. God didn't talk about God didn't address this. He didn't address that. He addresses everything. Every single thing. I mean, he, he wants a service to himself. And as he wants that, he has given us full details. In fact, even beyond what we can see and experience at the moment, that is today, he has given us instructions that we obey. That we obey and his instructions are exact, specific and they must be obeyed if we want life. 
And the interesting thing is, is his laws are not grievous. They are not. They are not. I, I see um a thirsting to reconcile himself with us. Even more than we want to reconcile ourselves with him. Even more. Let's examine, let's recall the journey of the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. How many murmurings and how much God did for them. At some point they were happy, at some point they, they, they were ungrateful. For all of the things they enjoyed, for all of the merits they enjoyed, they didn't deserve it. But God in his mercy gave all and he's even still giving all even until now. Knocking on the doors of your heart and on the doors of mine. That we come unto him. We learn of him. That we walk in the path that he has set. That we accept his humility. And that is all he wants for us. That is all he wants for us. And we see that over and over and over again in all of these commandments that he is giving to us. Through the children of Israel. Through the Bible. God is good. God is good. Let's go on. It says, Then he, that is Moses, shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people, bring the blood inside the veil, do with the blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. So he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions for all their sins. So he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meeting when he goes in to make atonement in the holy place. Until he comes out. But he may make atonement for himself, for his household and for all the assembly of Israel. And he shall go out of the altar that is before the Lord. And make atonement for it, and shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat, and put it on the horns of the altar all around. Then he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with the finger seven times, cleanse it, and consecrate it from all the uncleanness of the children of Israel. Such a process. The slaughtering of the victims, that is the bull and the goat, was to put in their heart to help them see and realize the depths, the magnitude of their sins. It was a symbol to give them an understanding of how grievous it is for them to sin. You know, I've been in, I've I've been privileged to hear people say things like, "Why can't God speak now as He spoke to the children of Israel?" And a very interesting response was given. Even as the children of Israel heard the voice, the thunderous voice of God, that fearful voice of God, that voice that makes man tremble. Even as they heard it, 40 days later, they still went whoring. They still went worshipping devils, the calf. 
And these were people that heard the voice of God. These were the people that heard God say, he spoke the Ten Commandments that the world is rejecting today, saying is past. God spoke it. <laughs> to show you how important it is, he spoke it and yet they disobeyed. How much more now? Considering the degree, the degradation, the depths to which man has gone in sin, how much more now would man regard the voice of God? How much? Today there are so many events that are happening, they are sickening. They are disgusting when one just hears the reports of all of these things. They are just, oh, ah. And yet, I see a God that is patient, waiting for the conversion of every soul, not leaving one behind, but patiently waiting for the conversion of every soul and strengthening those who are being oppressed by the ones God is patiently waiting for their conversion. God is a good father. And really, I can't explain, none of us can explain the goodness of God. None of us can fully comprehend the love that God has for us. Yet, we must not forget that He is a God of justice. As we are learning, the account of Abihu and Nadab, who he had put in a high place to represent and to show his character in holiness. He demonstrated his justice. And all these are lessons that we must learn from. These are lessons that we must learn from. A man of God once said, all of these things that we are reading today, my friend, in the book of Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus now, they happened and they are written for us as examples. Examples that we would learn from. Oh, the Lord help us that we may learn. The Lord help us that we may take heed. The Lord help us that our eyes may be opened to our true condition. The Lord help us that we may understand and know God for who He is and not for who we think he is because it's a whole lot of difference it's totally different to have an idea of who god is and who he really is i pray that the lord will help us i pray that these words these testimonies that god has for us would sink in deep into our hearts and that we will be converted, permitting the Holy Spirit to do His work of conviction, of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Do have a blessed day, my friend. God bless you.